Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healed Approach podcast. Today I am super excited to be joined by Kate Strawson. Kate is the director of Shooting Star, which is a marketing agency based here in Lincoln, hence why we're able to do this podcast today face to face. If you're listening, you're not going to be able to see that, but just so you know that we are next to each other and we are doing this live. So, Kate, thank you so much, like I said, for coming along today. We've just been talking about, I want to talk about your business journey, but we've just been having a chat before we started recording about managing life, a busy business with having two young boys. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how, how it's going? Because your boys are young. Yeah, they are. They're uh, two and a half and five now. So yeah, they're still at that very kind of early stage and it is still very hands-on, which obviously I enjoy. But undeniably, it is a challenge balancing home life and work life. And sometimes you feel like, oh, you're not giving 100% at home and you're not giving 100% at work. But I think you just have to reconcile yourself with that fact for the first, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years. <laughs> well, say nothing. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to get easier, but <laughs> I'm told that might be a myth. But uh, no, it is a challenge, but I think it, it helps um, having other people within the workplace that are parents as well, because you can share kind of stories and challenges and experiences. And Jez, who's my business partner, when we first started out our business journey, he had two very young children at that time. So he really understands the challenges as well. And especially since COVID, we have a much more flexible approach to working in terms of spending some time working in the office, sometimes working at home. And we do try and be as flexible as possible with our staff, not just in terms of parental leave or parental commitments they may have, but other outside commitments. Because, you know, when you're at work, you can't switch off what's going off at home. So it's important that we take that into consideration and we just have a very flexible approach to working. And um, as long as people, you know, are putting in the hours, we don't mind too much how that fits in during the day. So if they have prior commitments in the morning, like dropping the kids off at school or having to pick up in the afternoon, then we can be flexible around that. And I take the same approach to myself. I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm, you know, running late one morning because I can't get the kids in the car on time or whatever. And taking that more flexible approach is so so less stressful. And I have a lot of outside help, so I'm very lucky. So I'm not saying I'm doing it all myself because I have really good grandparents who help me. My husband runs his own business, so we're quite lucky in that sense that he has some flexibility. But I think it's just taking each day as it comes and not beating yourself up about it. If you're not, like I say, giving 100% at work or you're not giving 100% at home, nobody's perfect, so... I accept that and just do my best. 
Yeah, I love that. I think you've made so many really valuable points in that. And I think, you know, one of the, I, want, I would love to go on to actually talk a little bit about how the workplace has probably changed for you following COVID and talking about this flexibility, because I think, you know, employees that now are looking for that, aren't they? And I think this is why a lot of organisations are having issues around recruitment and retaining staff because they're, they're finding it difficult to, to maintain that flexibility in the new working environment so but before I go on to that I think what you said there as well about not beating yourself up and you know recognizing that you can't be perfect I mean I was talking to to a client actually today one of my um business clients and she was talking about how she's had to make peace with the choices that she's made so I think you know you you've made a choice you've made a decision to set up a business and then you've also made a choice obviously to be a mum and it's about knowing that you can't you can't I think you can't have it all at the same time, can you? You cannot be 100% in any camp when you're juggling so many things and it's making peace with that. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. I think there is a misconception that you can have it all. You can't, in my opinion. And uh, I think it's just like you say, making peace with that fact. I try my best when I'm at home. I try my best when I'm at work and that's all I can can do. When, Like you say, I don't um, punish myself for that if I'm not perfect all the time and I think clients respect that as well yeah that you can try and um put on this perfect um you know persona but that's not real life and I think clients these days um want to have that degree of authenticity and honesty and transparency yes and being vulnerable yeah I think you you know you sharing those challenges that you're facing in your life because let's be honest people buy from people yeah and business is all about relationships and this is something I learned. I've learned like my business journey, you know, and it's interesting, actually, because I, I, when you obviously this, you know, this idea that you can't do it all and that you are a lot more compassionate with yourself and kinder to yourself. Did it start out that way? Because you've been in business 17 years. Mm. You've been, you know, you have been doing this a long time, you know. I set up my business when I already had children. So I've had to learn, you know, as I've gone along. But is that something that you've learned over the 17 years or have you always taken that approach? Yeah, I think it's something that I've learned when I, um, before I had children and I had children quite late on because I was quite ambitious and career driven. So I kind of put off family life. I put it kind of on the back burner. And I suppose that is one of my kind of personal regrets in a way because now I'm a much older mum and I would have liked to have had children in hindsight at a younger age, but I can't regret it because I've, you know, reached my own personal career goals and set up my own successful business with my business partner. So I think I kind of appreciate what I've achieved. Uh, In hindsight, would I do it differently? I don't think there's any necessarily right time to start business or right time to have kids. It's just an own personal choice, isn't it? I think I I read something that you posted about forgiving your younger self. And I think in the past, you know, we've all made choices that perhaps in hindsight, we would have done things differently. Um, But I think it's just coming to terms that you you made the best choices at the time. Absolutely. And I think I think that's really I mean, thank you for sharing that about what you said, you know, about your regrets but not regrets which is why, you know, I said that as well. We're looking back. Would I change things? Maybe. But what's the point in regretting things? But it's interesting because, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have kids particularly early. Um, However, I look back and almost wish I'd had them later. Um, And again, you know, 
we can all look back, can't we? We can all think we, we, we wish we'd done this differently. But then again, we have to always as well think, where is that coming from? Where is that desire to have done th things differently? Is that really from something within you or is it from some kind of conditioning or something that society has tried to tell you you should do? Mm. Because we feel like we should be younger mothers because society tells us that. However, for me, I'm a better mother now than I would have been 20 years ago. I'm a better mother now than I was 13 years ago when I had my first son. So, yeah, yeah. I just hope that my children can benefit from my kind of journey in business and the fact that I am a full-time working mum. You know, it's certainly benefited in my outlook in life. I've got a lot more patience and understanding perhaps that I can perhaps pass on to my children. And before when I was younger, I was perhaps more impatient or harder on myself. Yes. I wanted to be like performing 100% at work all the time. And I was putting in the hours. Whereas now I'm a lot more kind of understanding and forgiving, not just to myself, but to others. I don't have such high expectations of myself and other people. And I find that that puts me in a better place and happier in that kind of taking that kind of outlook I suppose yeah yeah and I think actually it's worked out well because when we first started up a business 17 years ago Jez my business partner had young children so he needed more of a work-life balance whereas I could put the kind of hours in work later weekends unsociable hours more if I needed to whereas now it's kind of swings and roundabouts so it's me that's perhaps you know having to leave early some days and come in later but luckily, because Jez has already been in that position, he, you know, understands that that's the commitments of family life, especially when your children are kind of very young like mine are. Yeah, I think it's really important, super important. I mean, you mentioned about having support around you and having people around you. Obviously, you mentioned about your outside network, but you've also mentioned about, obviously, your business partner. And I think having the right people, people talk a lot about, uh, you know people being your biggest asset or your best asset but it's having the right people around you isn't it yeah it's great empathy empathy is super powerful and having that in the workplace I think just makes you be your true authentic self yeah I think you're going to get the best out of people and people are going to perform better if you can be more understanding and empathetic with them about what they've got going on in their home life and be flexible in your approach to kind of accommodate that yeah you know um thinking about things like compassionate leave i know that what the minimum is but can we go above and beyond that do you know what I mean so people get time off if they've got problems at home or they need to care for a family member or go to a close family member's funeral but i'm always thinking about actually do we need to offer the bare minimum can we go above and beyond that in terms of what we offer for staff because we're a, a small business there's eight of us in the team currently and we are looking to grow and expand you know we have been bigger and contracted and grown again depending on what's happening yeah. with the outside climate and you know the economy some things are out of your control um but because I can't afford to pay people perhaps top salaries that they deserve but I can be more flexible and offer them more annual leave and more kind of concessions and benefits and that kind of uh, good company culture that comes with working within a small team that we all get on well, we're all really close. We know, you know, each other's families and what's going on in our private lives. So we can offer staff more in that sense, regardless of the fact that unfortunately I can't afford to pay them top salaries yeah. or perhaps the salary that they could command elsewhere because I'm a small business and we have limitations, but I can offer them other benefits, I suppose.
Yeah, I love that. I love that you've made that point, actually, because this is something that I, I did a poll yesterday on LinkedIn and I asked that exact question. You know, what what's more important to you? You're off, you know, salary, having the top salary, but being within a culture that is toxic and is going to work you to the bone or being within an organization that cares and that you feel that you belong and that your well-being is a priority. And interestingly, the poll's still going. But um, last time I looked, it was like, I think 80% would go for the the one that prioritizes their well-being and, and gives them the work-life balance that they need. Yeah. And I think that's, and I do think that that has shifted after COVID as well. I think people are not chasing the money as much as they used to. I mean, I I think something that I wanted to touch on as well, and you've kind of led led into that, is this this idea of well-being and caring about is a police car or an ambulance or something going <laughs> right on cue. Um, but I think this 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 kind of this piece about well-being and looking after your your team and you mentioned there you mentioned a few things you mentioned about obviously um the benefits that you can offer you know the annual leave the compassionate leave and going above and beyond and i think that's super important but you also mentioned about having this sense of community and i think because i think a lot of businesses can get caught up in oh you, you know we'll give them extra leave or we'll give them you know a bonus or we'll give them we're actually and that i'm not saying that doesn't doesn't matter it does but i think this sense of belonging this sense of family at work i think that is something that is so important that is so overlooked and i think i mean how important do you think that is to the well-being and the happiness of your staff let's say yeah, I think it is extremely important. And I know um, salary and, you know, people, um, especially at the minute with the cost of living crisis, money and salary is important to people and we never underestimate that. But also, I think a lot of people, a lot of staff that we've had in the past, some have left and wanted to come back because the company culture wasn't there at the, yeah. you know, new place where they were going. Yes, they were being offered a, you know, really decent salary, but they wanted to come back because they missed that kind of um, camaraderie, I suppose, with their colleagues. Yeah. That, that connection, we, that human yes, connection. that we all take an interest in each other's lives, both inside and outside of work. You know, we try and organise regular social events. We try and look after the staff as much as possible. And I think, yeah, that is really important. And personally, I wouldn't want to run a company where people didn't enjoy coming into work. Yeah. I mean, I know not every day people are coming in singing and dancing do you know what I mean and I understand that because you know some days you just don't want to come to work or you've had a bad night with the kids or whatever it might be so coming into work is more of a hardship than a enjoyment but most of the time if people are happy to come into work then that's what's important to me yeah um you know I want people to come in and enjoy it as much as they can and I want to do everything to try and make that happen such a nice and, and that is going to only reap rewards in the long run have you found that yeah, definitely. I think in terms of staff retention, we've got a pretty good staff retention rate. Obviously, that's limited with being a small business because there's only so many opportunities for progression. And I'm happy when people come and work with us, um, you know, and then move on to other things that perhaps you know they want to do in their career. We totally understand that we're a small business, so there are limitations. But um, I think, yeah, if people really enjoy coming to work, then they're going to do the best work that they can for the clients. And we're all about doing great work. So if they're happy within the workplace and they feel looked after and kind of cared for, I suppose, then they're going to want to do the best for you. 
Absolutely. We find that people take personal ownership of their work and personal pride in the work that they do. I love that piece. I love that. Uh, your people are your brand at the end of the day, aren't they? And your, oh, yeah. your clients are only ever going to be as happy as your people are. But I love what you said there, because I hear this a lot where, you know, small to medium sized businesses, even larger businesses, where the directors, the CEOs, they are always worried that their teams aren't going above and beyond or they aren't taking personal ownership because to them it's just a job. But if that, if you're feeling that way, I think that's a signal really that maybe you need to be thinking about the culture that you're creating and about the sense of belonging because I totally agree with you and I've seen it. I've seen where people, I mean, I was only talking today on a podcast with somebody else and she was talking about how her team take ownership of mm. things because they're a community yeah they've got that sense of belonging which is vital to us as human beings and they feel accountable yes exactly exactly so I'm really really pleased that you touched on that and that you're living proof that that is that is the case because I think especially as businesses grow as well that sense of belonging can get lost when we're thinking about you know targets and KPIs etc which are important of course yeah. they're important to business but we shouldn't be putting them before but our people and I think when we are setting our business objectives and our KPIs, we get the team involved in that process as yeah. well. Yeah. It's not just me and Jez doing it behind closed doors. You know, we have lots of meetings and involve the team on, you know, what do you think are where the business is going? You know, what do you think our KPIs and objectives should be? How can the team feed into that? Jez and I ultimately obviously have the final say and guide the direction of the business, but we want everybody's input. So everybody's taking ownership of it. Yeah. And you're having that transparency. And yeah. I think having people involved and being transparent about stuff like that, it's also if, if things don't quite go to plan, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay. You know, we were all involved in this and this is why we did it. You know, it, it cre really does help to create that sense of trust and psychological safety. Yeah, I think so. And Jez and I are never afraid to admit when we've got it wrong. Yeah. You know, we're not worried about, I'm not scared about losing face in front of my staff. I don't know everything. You know, nobody can. You know, we're all human and we all make mistakes, sometimes make errors in judgment. And I, you know, try and admit when I'm wrong and take ownership for that. And also let my staff shine or try to in areas where they're experts. Perhaps they know, you know, undoubtedly more than I do on certain things. So we try and get everybody's input and also be accountable to ourselves and each other. Yeah, I love that. So many massive, um, you know, positive skills. I think, you know, leadership is all about that as well. It's about letting your people shine, knowing that they know more than you. You, you've talked about humility there. We don't have a crystal ball. You know, we don't, no matter how experienced we are in something, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. Nobody knows, you know, what mitigating factors are going to happen. And I think it's so important that as, you know, as leaders, we're maintaining that. And I think that's a great testimony to you as well, considering you've been doing this and you've built a successful, you know, business over 17 years and, and still you're able to maintain that empathy, humility, vulnerability. It's not, it's not always the case, Kate. It really isn't. Yeah, I think, I think those are the things that I've learned over yeah. the past 17 years. Yeah. Actually, that's the journey that we've been on has made me kind of better as a person. And hopefully, like you say, talking about your children as well, hopefully they'll benefit from that. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one thing that I'm massively passionate about as well. It's because, I get, you know, you get a, bit, a lot of backlash from society sometimes for being a working mother and putting your kids in childcare and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But my kids are only good, like you say, you know, I'm, I'm a role model. And they'll give me, yeah, 
you only care about work or me, do you know what I mean? But fundamentally, my kids are my biggest fans. And I think that's really important, isn't it? To yeah. kind of instill that. Go on, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes they do say to me, you know, why do you have to go to work? Especially when at school, perhaps their friends' mums aren't working at all or certainly aren't working full time. But actually, I explained to them it's to be able to do the things that we enjoy doing as a family, going on holiday and spending nice times together by me going out and working. We can afford to do those things and, you know, have a nice time as a family as a result. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that I talk to my children about as well. But also as well, I also say to them, you know, this is about your mum, you know, always wanting to be you know, better and get better and, and be driven and wanting to progress. And, you know, and I think it's super important to balance that as well, isn't it? So that they're not always seeing it as, oh, you know, mummy works hard so that we can have these nice things. It's also mummy works hard because she's got, she's got goals, she's got a vision and she's determined and she's going to push herself. Mm. And I think, you know, so that resilience and that discipline, I think is yeah. really important as well. Yeah, which are good kind of life lessons for yeah. them. Yeah, and I think we do that through modelling anyway. You know, you, my kids, my kids have got me worked out. I, my, my son said something to me the other day. Um, I had a bit of a knockback from a client and my eldest, my youngest son, I think, turned around and said to me, I think I'd, I got a bit upset, but I think, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one to go, oh, kids, it was, it was just, a bit, oh, you know, mum's had a bit of a knockback. And my youngest turned around and said to me, yeah, but mum, I know you and I know you're not going to stop just because you've had one, you yeah. know, setback. And, you know, I just thought to him, I sat there, I sat there and I was like, God, you are so right. And, you know, it's just because he's seen the way that yeah, I am. I mean, that's brilliant. Exactly, exactly. And I remember I shared that on, I think I shared it on a TikTok. And somebody, somebody um, t- judged me. And someone went, our oh, children should never be responsible for our emotions. And I was like, you're totally missing the point. You are totally missing the point. You know, I, I agree with you. Our children should never be responsible for our emotions. And if you knew me better, you'd know how I feel about that. But again... People will always judge you. People yeah. will always have something to say about what you do. And it's about making sure, as long as you're sticking to your vision, you know, to, to your values, then I think you can't go wrong, can you? Really? Yeah. And I don't think you can be driven too much about what other people think. No. You know, like you say, you know yourself, the people that matter within your close circle know you. You can't control what other people think about you. I'm always saying this, you know, to people that I know, I can't control other people's opinion of me, so I don't worry about it. I just focus on, you know, what the close people around me, the close circle, they know me best. And uh, as long as you're true to yourself, then I think that's all that matters. Yeah, and, you know, as as much as we know that that's true, it's not always easy. No. Um, You know, I guess I just wanted to touch on, like I said before, about, because you've mentioned about flexibility, and I think flexibility in the workplace is, it's a must now. People, you know, employees are demanding it, aren't they? And I think, you know, it's super important to well-being as well. But I guess, I guess why I'm going down this route is how have you found kind of maintaining culture and, you know, and really keeping that sense of belonging, you know, following the pandemic or throughout the pandemic? Yeah, I think before the pandemic, we were really... Um... People did work from home, but we didn't actively promote it. Um, We like people to come into the office, whereas now we uh, ask people to come into the office Monday to Wednesday. Everybody comes in Monday to Wednesday and we all work at home Thursday or Friday, Thursday and Friday. So um, there is a degree of 
um, yes, this is what we expect in terms of everybody's in on the same days. Otherwise, I don't think people would want to come into the office if there was just one other person there or potentially nobody there. They might as well work from home. So if people say to me, oh, can I work from home on Monday? Yes, fine. Um, but generally, we ask people to come in Monday to Wednesday and then I'll work from home Thursday to Friday. And we find that that really helps to keep the office culture because we're all in on those days because we're only a small team anyway. So I think that helps us to maintain a really strong culture that we're all in the office on the same days. There is a degree of flexibility around that, like I say, but generally, those are the days we're working in the office. Yeah, I love that as well, because I talk a lot about how I think hybrid is, is the way forward. You know, I think, I mean, I do, I do work with teams that are fully remote and I've worked with some some teams that have ma- managed to create and sustain great cultures, but it's, it's not as easy. No, it really it's really isn't. hard. And I think, like you said, I love your model. And this is the other thing about hybrid working. Find something that works for you. You've obviously found something that works for you, which is great. Um, you know, those days in the office, because I think if you can, there was some research that was done, actually, and it showed that being in person is really important for junior people um, within an organization. Yet being able to work from home is super important for more senior people because they're not as productive, you know, when they're having to mentor or coach or guide people. So I think having striking that balance between all being together like you say, and having that sense of community on the same days, I think is super powerful. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, I do. But also, I like the way you've still got some flexibility with that as yeah. well. I think it's really tough for young people if they're coming into the workplace and they're working remotely from home because, you know, even just listening to colleagues on the phone, you pick up information yeah. and uh, skills, don't you? Just as basic as talking on the phone to clients, yeah, taking yeah. phone calls, that kind of thing, which we find a lot of the younger staff they don't uh, speak on the phone now much to their friends or family. You know, it's all by yes. text. I know, I know. And I'm one for like, pick up yeah, the phone. Pick up the phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. It does seem like, like, even my kids. Yeah. Wait, I'll, I'll ring them and they'll like cut me off. And then, what do you want? What do you want? And it's not, what do you want? It's W, W, T, what, what do you want? W, D, Y, W, whatever it is. Oh, you've got it all to come. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? I remember once. Sorry, this is a bit of a side. But, but I, you know, I've learned now this whole like short text code, whatever it is. And I think I made one up once. I can't remember what it was. And Luca was like, what are you on about, mum? And I was like, oh, well, I was being really cool in here. I, like, I mean this. And he went, that's not what that means, mum. And I was like, okay, back in my box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, things are different now, aren't they? And times change. But yeah, we do still like people to go to in-person meetings, you know, after COVID and we were all on Zoom, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, we'll just have a Zoom call. And I can see the benefits of that in terms of, you know, it's good for the environment because you're not traveling, saves you time and that kind of thing. But we do like to get out and see clients face-to-face as much as possible because I still think those in-person conversations, like us now, we're getting much more from it, reading people's body language, you know, communication, a large part of it is body language, isn't it? It is. And sometimes people say to me, oh, I sent them an email, sent them another email, never replied. I'm like, well, pick up the The phone. phone. Exactly. Because chances are they didn't get that email. Do you know something? You've, you've, You've touched on something I think that's really important as well, is striking that balance between being a you know a modern and a forward-thinking business that's going to attract you know new talent etc but also maintaining some of those good solid foundations that are important when it comes to building relationships 
um, that's not an easy balance, is it? No, and we do have clients all over the country. So sometimes we are traveling down to Bournemouth or wherever, you know, which is a big effort and an expense, but it's worth it every once in a while just to go and press the flesh, you know, because you do get so much more, I think, out of person-to-person, face-to-face conversations. I agree, I agree. I mean, I've built a lot of my business online and I have a lot of American clients, but I still much prefer this, much prefer, you know, because I think like you say, you just get somebody's energy, you get, you know, pick up on people's body yeah. language. It's just, we are meant to be, we are meant yeah. to connect. We are, it's, it's who we are. And the humans. same, um, people say to me, oh, I'm a lot, or they might do, some people prefer to work at home because they're a lot more productive. Well, actually, it's not just about being productive. It's about building those relationships as well. I'm not so interested in, you know, making sure people are working 100% flat out all the time on their own in a solitary environment at home, but they're being super productive. You know, I want them to enjoy their time at work in the workplace and coming to work and catching up with people, seeing other faces, having face-to-face conversations, not just with clients, but with colleagues, we find it's really really uh, beneficial so important for people's mental health yeah well-being and productivity in the long run and engagement yeah. you know I think it's so easy to hide behind that wall of you know working from home to be more productive but I, I think for me if you have got a member of, of your team who is really kind of pushing back on that I mean have you had anyone who's pushed back on that uh, yeah we have and it's always up for debate and discussion we regularly uh, meet up with the team to make sure they're still happy with that arrangement working Good. three days in the office and two days at home and most people are up to now we found but if anyone was really pushing back on it then obviously we'd have to take that into consideration and review it but at the moment it works you know really well as it is and that's what we kind of advocate yeah um, but if there's anybody like for instance if there's anybody that's got neurodiversity issues and they find it too distracting to be in the office. Then we have had situations where we say, okay, you can work an extra day at home or come in later on a Monday or, you know, however we can accommodate that or we can find a quiet working space for you. Uh, so we do try and take into account, you know, the individual needs and be flexible in that sense. Um, but up to now, you know, it's worked well kind of as it is, but we'll always keep it in review. Yeah, no, I love that as well because that's, you know, you're creating, that's how you create inclusion, isn't it, within the workplace? And I think, I, I, you know, the fact that you are always reviewing things and, and looking at your model, and I, I talk about this all the time, some of the best organisations, it's not about having perfect structures and systems and processes in the place all the time, but it's about reviewing things. Yeah. It's about how is this working? Is this working well? Yes, it is. Well, no, we need to tweak this. We need to tweak that. And, you know, because businesses, it's always a process of change, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And if people are struggling, then we have got outside experts to come in and talk to them about how we can improve, you know, their working life or their workplace environment, how we can um, adapt it to make it more suitable to meet their needs. We have had, you know, there are chances for the staff to talk to people independently who are perhaps well-being experts about, how we can improve things and we do regular weekly surveys okay um we use a um, platform called office vibe yes i've heard of office vibe yeah yes. it's really good actually we send everybody a pulse survey every tuesday i think it is and it asks them a range of questions just five questions at a time on a diverse range of issues to measure engagement satisfaction uh, that kind of thing 
So I get a good feel of how people are feeling on a regular basis. You know, it's not something we do and then we put it in the drawer and bring it out later and dust it off and revisit it six months down the line. We're constantly monitoring how people feel and whether they're happy and what the satisfaction levels are like and how we can improve. Yeah, no, that, yeah like you say, it's not just a tick box fix. It's no. something that you're making alive. Yeah. I think as well, I do. I mean, I, I, surveys are great and I think they have their place, but I also think you can't take away the data that you will gather just from having those conversations being together as a community yeah. as well and listening. I always, whenever I'm training, whenever, you know, I'm working with leadership teams, I always say, you know, be, be a professional eavesdropper, you know, so listen for all the yeah. stuff and listen for the grey area stuff because that's going to give you your best data, you know. And it's, it's using different, I always say use different forms, you know, the fact that you're using surveys and stuff, I think that's really important and you're doing your reviews and you're getting... You have to, within an organisation, look at different ways to gather data. I think you can't rely on one way. Yeah, all the managers within the team have monthly one-to-ones with the staff where they might talk about personal development goals. But also it, it is an opportunity to sit down and say, you know, so how are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. what's um, your priorities this week? Or have you got a lot going on in home? Or is there anything that you're concerned about that we can help you with? So we're regularly checking in, like you say, as well as the surveys, we're doing face-to-face monthly one-to-ones and then six-month reviews and we have and very much try and promote an open door policy where we're regularly saying to people if you have any issues please feel free to come and talk to us about it you can speak to me or Jess confidentially in person you know just drop us an email and you know we'll do all we can to try and help you so we're constantly uh, reaffirming that message yeah and do you feel and do people make the most of that do you think yeah I have found with um it depends on the person whether they feel comfortable in coming and tackling that face-to-face in person so those kind of anonymous office surveys people have you know perhaps mentioned things on there that they maybe wouldn't have felt comfortable saying face-to-face so that's why I think it's important on having those different communication methods agreed you know, an option where we very much encourage people to come and talk to us personally, but also the option to give their feedback anonymously. So we're trying to kind of cover all bases. And we're trying to get, you know, experts in from outside on a regular basis to talk about things like stress awareness and stress management, um, you know, good eating, nutritional guidance, that kind of thing. Um, because I'm certainly not an expert in it. So I think it's important to, you know, realise your own shortcomings and get people in who are expert in it to help in those areas where perhaps you don't have the knowledge yourself. Yeah, I think that's super powerful as well because, you know, you need to, you do need third parties sometimes to come in. But one thing I will say is that, you know, all of those, having experts in to talk about, like you said, well-being, you know, work-life balance, nutrition, etc., they're they're important but they have to come after you've created that sense of belonging and that culture Mm. because if you don't create that sense of safety within a workplace all of that's going to fall short yeah you know and I've seen that that's you know I've seen it seen it play out where organizations are focusing so much on preventing burnout through you know mental health workshops etc but the, the, the culture the environment is still toxic and that, that sense of belonging isn't there so they're just it's having a limited impact let's say um so yeah interesting really interesting I guess kind of my final question before we wrap up is 
we've spoke quite a lot about what you've learned about yourself on your journey and I think that's that's great thank you but what's the future for, for shooting star because obviously you you know you, you're doing some amazing stuff um you know that's really going to help I suppose kind of just strengthen your 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 you, you know your business and what you're doing so what is what does the future look like I think um, we're always looking to grow and expand you know we're never complacent or uh, you know, we're never sitting still. We're always looking at, especially within our industry, what new technology is coming along. Like at the moment, there's a lot of conversations and it's quite a hot topic around AI. So we're always looking about how we can use that for our benefit and our clients' benefit. So we're just always looking to grow and expand our services and kind of um, help other businesses be successful in the best way we can. So we're trying to expand our geographical reach we already have quite a few clients uh, outside of the county and elsewhere across the country. So that's a major area of growth for us because we have a lot of skills and experience that other people can benefit outside of the county as well as within Lincolnshire. And I think when we first started, we were one of the first, um, initially we started as a PR agency. We were one of the first kind of consultancies in the area. Um, so it was very much of an education process as well for businesses about how they could benefit from our services and from an external marketing consultant. So um, we want to tap into those geographical locations or those businesses where, you know, they have a very much established marketing budget and we can go in and just support them and lend an extra pair of hands and give them our skills and expertise. Um, so we're looking for, you know, expanding our client base and working with a lot bigger companies particularly in the manufacturing arena where we have quite a lot of yeah. experience already so I think it's trying to build on that kind of skill set and uh, yeah just looking to grow the business keep developing new talent that's within our kind of mission and uh, vision I suppose to keep developing young talent and giving back to the community uh, that we've um, kind of grown our business in we're very keen on taking students and graduates. We have a graduate internship scheme, so we want to continue running that and um, working closely with the university and other universities to keep offering those opportunities. So, yeah, it's basically one of kind of growth and expansion, I suppose, whilst um, maintaining the clients that we've already got. Because I think sometimes when you're looking at growing your business, you can focus very much on getting new business in, but equally as important or perhaps more important is retaining the clients you've already got. Absolutely. That resonates. That really does resonate. I think that's really important, isn't it? It is, especially when you're a one-man band, like I still am at the moment. It is, you know, it's like you're trying to find that balance between keeping your clients happy and still bringing in... Yeah. New business, yeah. yeah. It's not easy, is it? Yeah, so it's a it's a balance and it's about, yeah, focusing on both those aspects of the business, I suppose. Well, that's been brilliant. Thank you so much. And I do just want to... I know I've mentioned about, you've said about how you've shared kind of a lot of the lessons that you've learned, et cetera, on your journey. But if there was one thing that you could share with the listeners today, <laughs> you know, one, I guess one of the, one thing from a personal perspective that you've learned through your journey, what would it be? I suppose um, one of the most important things and one of the most important aspects of my role is managing client expectations. Okay. Like, I think it's better to under-promise and over-deliver than over-promise yes. and under-deliver. And if you kind of over-promise from the start, then you're really putting yourself under a lot of pressure and holding yourself as a hostage to fortune. 
And also it's about humility. You know, I don't have all the answers and some things are out of my control, but I'm going to try, you know, my best to help other businesses achieve success and achieve their goals. But there are kind of obviously limitations and it's about being clear about that from up front. So now we spend a lot of time uh, educating, especially new clients, about the onboarding process and the strategy and the planning, because it's really important to get the basics in place, the foundations in place first, before you can then go on and hopefully achieve great results. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so it's about, you know, working with people and managing expectations. And we put a lot more effort in, like I say, from the start to say, yes, we are hopefully going to achieve great results from you. But first, we have to do this period, this onboarding process and not uh, promising to run before you can walk, I suppose. I guess a big part of that is building those relationships. It it? is, yeah. Yeah, relationships are key. Connection, relationships, that's what it's all about. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Can you just share with um, the listeners where they can find you? Have you got a website? Uh, yeah, we do. We have a website, which is uh, weareshootingstar.co.uk. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. Um, it's linkedin.com slash shooting hyphen star hyphen PR. And then uh, we're also on Instagram. Um, so our Instagram is weareshootingstar. <laughs> it's trying to remember everything, isn't it? Yes. And Twitter is uh, shooting star underscore UK. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I do encourage anybody um, who's interested or has been, you know, found value in this podcast to go go search out shooting star. Um, and I look forward to watching your, you know, continued progression and success. Thank yeah, you so much. Cross. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. you. As, as a working mum as well, a fellow working mum. <laughs> young boys. Yeah, you give me some tips. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I'll trade you for some marketing tips. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. No worries. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace wellbeing, one bold step at a time, then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me, rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-heal.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.